What's up, you conspiracy theorists, right-wing maniacs, and other assorted bad people? I'm the chief bad guy, Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message, and today is July 13th in the year 2021. As always, subscribe, tap the notification bell, see what happens. Legally, I have to say it. Uh, We got four stories for you, and man, I wish we had journalists in America. I am not a journalist. I am but a humble man who puts on a jacket in the morning, sits down in my office and tells you what I think, uh, which apparently is journalism these days because we don't have journalists that will actually tell you anything true. We have a political class that lies to you about everything, a media class that then launders their lies and then it leaves people like me who would have rather been in the NBA trying to tell you something that's true. So today is just like a litany of lies show. Uh, First off, uh, Bill HB3 in Texas is the new Texas voting bill. You know, we've had these uh, voting bills in Florida and in Georgia, now in Texas, a couple other states that the Democrats are saying are an affront to democracy and we're trying to stop, you know, black people from voting and poor people from voting and it's an assault on everything we hold dear and all that stuff. Well, I'm actually gonna read you what's in this Texas voting bill and then we're gonna show you some of the lies that Jen Psaki is saying about it and Chuck Schumer is saying about it and they're just lying. They're just absolutely lying about everything. Speaking of lying, uh, then story number two, uh, Joe Biden, uh, who again, I can't confirm he has dementia. We now call it OPS. He has uh, old person syndrome. Uh, He's gonna be working with the phone carriers uh, to possibly send you SMS messages if you're texting misinformation about COVID. Really? Yeah, really. Bizarre, right? Like, are they gonna be reading your text messages? What will count as misinformation? I'm fairly certain if Orange Man had been reading people's text messages and then sending government information that people might have been against it, say the ACLU, some of our civil liberties organizations might not have been happy about Orange Man reading your text, but now OPS Biden's doing it, so it's all okay. Uh, And then finally, the third story, which I just thought this was absolutely hilarious, is that Major League Baseball. Now, I forgot to watch baseball. I stopped watching baseball in around 1994. Is Don Mattingly still on the Yankees? I I don't know. Um, But uh, Major League Baseball is investing about $150 million to get more black people to play baseball. Uh, because you know, sports has to be hyper-racialized like everything else. We're gonna compare some numbers related to the general population and how many white people play baseball and Hispanic people and black people. And then we're gonna compare that to the NBA and see if really the big problem is in America is that there aren't enough black people playing professional baseball. Oh, give me the strength, here we go. All right, so this Texas voting bill, this is really just bananas, so I'm gonna start by showing you some of the lies. Now, you know that White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, this woman is an extraordinary liar. She she's, should get an award. I don't know, did they give out an award for like greatest liar? Like, she should get the greatest liar award. Maybe, you know, I have a friend who does ceramics and maybe we can put together a little something because this woman, I wanna mail it to the White House. She just cannot say anything true. As I always say, if, if you asked her what her favorite color was, she would say four. Like the woman is completely incapable of saying anything that's true. And the new thing that all the Democrats are doing is lying about all of these voter 
laws that are happening in these red states, which mostly are about having an ID to vote. That's mostly what they're about, but I'm gonna read you the actual bullet points and tell you what it really is about. But here's Saki on what's going on in Texas right now. He'll also decry efforts to strip the right to vote as authoritarian and anti-American uh, as a, uh, and stand up against the notion that politicians should be allowed to choose their voters or to subvert our system by replacing independent election authorities with partisan ones. And he will highlight the work of the administration against this, the necessity of passing the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, and how we need to work together with civil rights organizations to build as broad a turnout and voter education system to overcome the worst challenge to our democracy since the Civil War. The worst challenge to our democracy since the Civil War. I guess they forgot about that January 6th insurrection that they said was the worst thing since the Civil War, and they completely forgot about 9-11 and everything else. I mean, these people, are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the, the top line there, nobody is stripping the right to vote. So she's saying that in essence, you know, the Republicans are stripping the right to vote from people. Do you think there's any Republican, is there any mainstream conservative Republican, anyone in America that does not want legal citizens to vote? Have you heard anyone say that? Have you heard we're gonna strip the right to vote from legal citizens. Nobody is saying that, but that's what they say over and over. Now, before I get to the specifics that are in the bill, the specifics that they never mention, by the way, and if, if uh, you know, what's his name over at Fox? Who's the Fox reporter that's usually in there? Ducey, right? Peter Ducey, who I think is a fine reporter. Uh, Peter Ducey, if you're, if you're watching this by chance, maybe you wanna ask in tomorrow's press conference, hey, Jen, can you give me the specific thing, the specific quote, in the bill that is the thing that is an effort to strip the right to vote, et cetera, et cetera. Like, cause if it's really all about IDs, then we can have an interesting debate about IDs. Again, you have to show ID to go mini golfing, right? You have to show ID to get a beer and go on a plane. Uh, but it's not just Jen Psaki that's lying. They all lie endlessly. Here's Chuck Schumer this morning. In a democracy, no right is more sacred than the right to vote. And yet across the country, Republican-controlled state legislatures are conducting the most sweeping and coordinated attack on voting rights in generations, fueled by Donald Trump's insidious big lie that the election was stolen. Republican legislatures are not only making it harder to vote, they're making it easier to steal an election. Actually believe that. Donald Trump does the big lie. Everyone knows it's a lie. And now Republican legislatures are acting on that big lie and saying we could steal an election. What is happening to our democracy? What is happening to our democracy? You're quite right, Chuck Schumer. You are happening to our democracy and you are a liar and we know you're a liar and you know that we know you're a liar and you keep lying. Uh, he says that these attacks, these are a sweeping and coordinated attack on voting rights. So, okay, I thought Dave, that's pretty, that's pretty intense to say something like that, a sweeping attack on voting rights. So you know what? We're gonna read you some bullet points about what is actually in HB3, this Texas voting law. We've got some quotes here from the National Review. I believe there are nine bullet points, and then we'll jump in and, and unpack. The legislation pushes back against what were supposed to be temporary expedients during the pandemic, such as drive-through voting and 24-hour early voting marathon. So I'm gonna just comment on each one very quickly as we go through this. So, okay, so first off, what they're saying is they're pushing back on some of the things that we had to do because of COVID. So things that we always did, and then we changed some of it because of COVID. So, so far, no, we're not 
sweeping, taking away anything. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, it explicitly forbids election officials implementing practices not contemplated under the state's election statutes as sometimes happened during the pandemic. Okay, so meaning election officials aren't allowed to do things that they're not allowed to do. Okay, under the pandemic, I guess some stuff happened. I don't even know exactly what happened, but I have no doubt that there were some hijinks, right? But basically they're saying we have statutes on how we run elections and you're gonna have to stick to those statutes. All right, we're two for two. Three, in many counties, it will extend the daily minimum time for having early voting by one hour. Early voting, I thought everybody loves early voting. We're extending early voting. Okay, pretty good, that's three. Four, in certain circumstances, employers are required to give employees time off to go vote. My God, this is evil. This is just extraordinarily evil. Next one. Among other things, it would require voters to write a driver's license number or other identifier on absentee ballots matching the existing voter ID requirement for registering to vote and voting in person. Okay, so if you've got an ID, a driver's license or some other ID, we're just gonna have some ability to prove that you are you. (laughs) Oh, racist. Then, it would ban public officials from sending out unsolicited mail-in ballots, a common sense provision to keep excess ballots from floating around. So this was one of the things during COVID, people were just sending out ballots all over the place. I got several ballots here. It's just a way of trying to control the amount of ballots going out. Not saying don't send ballots to certain people, right? But we're not gonna have partisan people just send out a gajillion ballots. Uh, Next, it would mandate that all voting systems have a paper trail on or before 2026 with a funding incentive for counties to comply early. A paper trail, well, that would be pretty good because you know we're used to iPads and touch screens and you kind of press things and does anything really happen? So a paper trail is a little printer that's in the machine that allows you to know afterwards because you have a physical thing, a piece of paper with it's been printed on that shows you that the vote actually counted. Uh, and then finally, for sizable jurisdictions that can easily pull it off, it would require live streaming of voting counting proceedings. So. That sounds pretty good. So then everybody votes, people show IDs, we make sure everyone followed the policies, et cetera, et cetera. And then using this thing that came out about 20 years ago, a webcam, we're gonna stick a little Logitech webcam up in the corner and we're gonna make sure that people aren't, you know, taking big pieces of paper and moving them here and shifting them here and changing things and all sorts of stuff. Guys, did any of that Did any of that seem like a sweeping assault on voter rights? Did any of that seem like an assault on democracy? Did any of that seem like the greatest attack since the Civil War or whatever nonsense that crazy woman just said? But these are the people we are dealing with. They don't mind lying about everything because they know the media is not gonna do anything. They know they simply will. No, it's not that they won't do anything. They will propagate and promulgate. That's your word of the day. They will promulgate that lie. Okay. Now I thought it was interesting because, you know, uh, the same people who are telling you that you can't uh, ask people to have IDs for voting because that's somehow racist or that people in the middle of the country can't get to Xerox machines and black people don't know how to get online or you know they also don't know how to get an accountant or a money manager or some such nonsense. Um, they're the same people who want everyone to be vaccinated. But I was thinking about it and it's like, well, if you want everyone to be vaccinated, you, I suppose, need proof that everybody 
was vaccinated, right? Because you can't just say, okay, everyone get vaccinated and we're just gonna take your word for it, right? I mean, this, there's no honor system in America. This is America 2021, there's no honor. Uh, so let's pull up the vaccine card. This is a sample vaccine card that people get when they get vaccinated and it's extraordinary. Uh, but as you can see on the vaccine card, they ask for your name and some other information, your date of birth and stuff like that. And then, you know, a certain amount of people that want you to be vaccinated and want the government to mandate the vaccine, they want you to carry that card around so you can show it at a store and when you get on an airline and everywhere else. So I think you see the hypocrisy, the lunacy here. They're just incredible liars. I, I don't even know how to describe this in any other way. And it's such a freaking shame and, and such a dereliction of duty by these clowns at CNN and MSNBC and everywhere else that, and, and, base, and everywhere, Washington Post, New York Times, I mean, you guys know all of it, right? Like I don't even have to name the places. But think about it, there are people wandering around because they are brainwashed, and I feel bad for them at some level. They are brainwashed by blue and on conspiracy theories, right? I mean, Chuck Schumer there talking about Trump's big lie, and it's like, Chuck Schumer, you know, you guys were all pretending that Trump was a, a tool of, of Russia for four years and that the, the election was illegitimate. Hillary Clinton still has a tweet up saying that the 2016 election was illegitimate, that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. So they lie and then they accuse everyone else of lying. So as you can see, guys, like there's nothing wrong with these bills. Making sure that we follow the policies that are in place, which is basically what's there. Making sure that there's a, a paper trail on the votes and that you are the actual person who says that you are when you vote and that we're going to watch the people counting the ballots. Like that's all legit. That's all legit. And they're lying. And I think the best thing that any of us can do is you've got to push back on this because they're the liars, they're calling us the liars, and you've got to show your friends. Like, show your friends this clip and let your friends tell you that I'm a liar and that I just made up all of this stuff. And then you can do a little research and find out what's in these bills. We're not making this up, right? There is nothing in there that says we're gonna try to make sure black people can't vote and we're gonna try to make sure that poor people can't vote or anything else. They're actually trying to tighten up things so that we have more um, belief Right, like so that we have more belief in the electoral system, which many of us have a very shaken belief on at this point. All right, I think you get it. Uh, but if you don't think that the government is that bad and that the representatives are, uh, you know, great people, if you if you think that they're really great people, well, then why would they be spying on us? But that's the new thing that they're going to be doing, or I suppose what is old is new again. Um, we've got a quote here from Fox News. On Monday, Politico reported plans from the Biden administration to battle misinformation in regards to the COVID-19 vaccine. The White House has decided to hit back harder on misinformation and scare tactics after Republican lawmakers and conservative activists pledged to fight the administration's state plans to go door to door to increase vaccination rates, Politico wrote. The pushback will include directly calling out social media platforms and conservative news shows that promote such tactics. Biden allied groups, including the Democratic National Committee, are also planning to engage fact checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages. Okay, so this is quite 
extraordinary. Did you catch that part about SMS carriers? That's the phone carriers. That's AT&T, that's T-Mobile, Sprint, do they exist anymore? That's Verizon, okay? What they are saying is that if you send a text message to a friend or to a family member or to whoever, uh, and it includes whatever they deem as misinformation that somehow you're gonna get a message on your phone from the government and that's gonna be in cahoots with the Democratic National Committee? Like, what is going on here and who's gonna decide what misinformation is? And as we know, over the last year and a half, they tell us one thing one day and, one, and then something else the next day, so they're gonna have to be correcting themselves constantly. Um, but this does seem a little bit like spying, right? Like, if, uh, if you're you know, a private citizen and you text your brother, some information, whether the government likes that information or not, what right does the government have to read that private communication between the two of you and then send you messages? Like this is the worst sort of authoritarian stuff that governments can do and they're doing it right here. And I, by the way, I once again wanna, wanna clap and congratulate for my good liberal friends, my, you know, the 10 non-woke liberals who still remain like Bill Maher and the usual suspects who always, you know, complain about wokeism, complain about all the problems of the left, but then vote these people in. You always vote these people in and here they are ushering in all of the worst anti-liberal things possible. So this is deeply dangerous. Look, we know that the government spies on us, right? Like there's that famous moment from a couple of years ago when under oath uh, CIA director James Clapper, that he was asked if uh, the, I believe it was the NSA was spying on Americans. And he goes like this, scratching the top of his head. He goes, not wittingly. And of course you may remember that episode of Seinfeld where they talk about when you're lying, how you touch your face, right? So if it's a little lie, you touch down here, and if it's a bigger lie, you touch up here, and if it's a big lie, up here. And he was like scratching the top of his head like a monkey. So it was an absolute lie. And so he lied under oath, and then you know what happened to him? Not only nothing, he got a job as a CNN analyst, because that's what happens in this ridiculous swamp of nonsense. Um, so this is, this is dangerous stuff, like they're gonna be reading your text messages, and by the way, you're allowed to have opinions of things on things. You're allowed to have p opinions on whatever political thing or medical thing or anything else as a private citizen. Well, I think you're allowed to, or at least the way it was set up, you're supposed to be allowed to. I guess, I guess not much longer in, uh, in Biden's America. Um, but you're allowed to share misinformation. I mean, that's just the truth. That's, that's what the First Amendment's all about. You're allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to share thoughts. You're allowed to share correct thoughts and incorrect thoughts and everything else. And the, the idea that the government is now gonna be jumping in, reading your text messages, sending you messages. What else are they gonna do? Like they're gonna, so it also said that they were gonna work with social media companies. So now are these social media companies tools of the government? So if the social media companies now ban anybody or block anybody or whatever, blow up people's accounts, well, is that now a direct assault on the First Amendment, which says that the government can't infringe on speech, right? Like that's been the whole, the whole argument about social media has been that these are private companies, whether that's true or not, that these are private companies, they can do whatever they want. Well, okay, now that we know that the government is gonna try to work with them to stop the spread of misinformation, that kinda sounds like the government would be infringing on your First Amendment. So lawyers, lawyer up, because uh, this ain't getting any better. All right, the third story, just because it's so freaking bananas and shows you how stupid the endless racialization of everything is, I had to do this story. Uh, Major League Baseball 
America's pastime, people. It is going to invest $150 million to ensure that more black people play baseball. We've got some quotes from ESPN, which used to be a pretty decent sports network. I don't even know exactly what it is right now, except a 24-hour race palooza network. Uh, Major League Baseball is committing up to $150 million to the Players Alliance, a nonprofit organization formed last year and composed of active and former Major League players aiming to build more equitable systems in baseball and increase black representation throughout the sport, according to a Monday news release. Beginning in 2023, MLB will provide an annual 10 million plus an additional 5 million in matching contributions from external Players Alliance fundraising. It represents the largest financial commitment in MLB history towards the goal of improving diversity in sport on the field, in managerial coaching positions, and in front office leadership. So, okay, before we get to breaking down uh, some of the stats related to how many white people and black people and Hispanic people play baseball or basketball or anything else, which is just so stupid in, in and of itself. Before we do that, I just want to say something about sports in general. Nobody cares what color you are in sports, except this new hyper-racialized woke set of people. I have played basketball my whole life. I've played baseball. I've watched sports my whole life. As you know, I don't watch any current sports anymore. I watch old sports. But when you're playing a sport and when you care about sport, whether it's track and field, whether it's basketball, whether it's swimming, sports are the great equalizers. It's the ultimate meritocracy. Nobody cares. If you're a great athlete, everybody loves you, right? Like if you're a great athlete and the best at what you do and you try the hardest and play the hardest and you win, it's like nobody's running around caring about race. Nobody cared that Magic Johnson was black and Larry Bird was white. If anything, it was sort of fun. It, there, was a, there was a sort of funness between this white guy from Indiana and Magic Johnson, Showtime LA, right? Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares except these people. So now let's just break down some numbers uh, right now. So in the Major League Baseball, by race, 57.5% of the players are white. 31.9% of the players are Hispanic, 7.7% are black, and 2.9% are Asian. So that's, that's pretty interesting. And then I said to my guys, well, let's get some numbers. I don't know what the, the racial breakdown of America is because I don't really care about this stuff. So I said, let's get the racial breakdown of America and compare it to these numbers. So in America, 60% of the people in America are white. Now, 57.5% of the Major League play Baseball players are white, so actually, white people are underrepresented in Major League Baseball. So I assume that somebody's gonna start a nonprofit to up that to 2.5%, right? We gotta get that 57.5, we gotta up that 2.5%, get that to 60%, so that white people are exactly 60% in society and exactly 60% in baseball, because that's equity and, yeah. Okay, Hispanic people, man, they are crushing it in Major League Baseball. 31.9% of Major League Baseball players are Hispanic, but only 18% of Americans are Hispanic. So Hispanics are overrepresented by about 13% in baseball. We've got to get rid of them. The same way we got rid of Asian people at Harvard, we must get rid of Hispanic baseball players. Now I know the media matters, people. That's the clip you guys are gonna go for. Enjoy it, there you go, you losers. Uh, black people, okay, so this is the interesting one. Black people, 7.7% 7 .7 
of Major League Baseball players are black, 13% of Americans. So it's off by you know a little less than 6%, about 5.5% or so, right? Now, okay, so black people are slightly underrepresented. Does that seem like a major problem? Does that seem, is, is uh, somebody stopping black people from playing baseball? Do black people generally like basketball more? I don't know, that's a general thought. But nobody's stopping them. Literally nobody's stopping them. Like, is there a young kid who is a great young black baseball player who is like crushing it, right? And then the coaches and the league is like, ah, we don't want any more black people in this league. Like, it's just sheer nonsense. And then Asians slash other, so I don't know who qualifies as other, uh, are at 2.9%. Now, uh, I thought we'd jump over to the NBA because basketball is my favorite sport, as you know, and, and if baseball has a racial problem, then I, I would suspect that basketball would have an even bigger racial problem. Uh, so white people make up only 16.9% of NBA players. Now, white people are 60% of America. Do the math, people. We got a big, big problem. We got about a 43 percentage point problem over there. We've got to get more white people in the NBA, I'm gonna show you a video of me on the basketball court in just a moment because it's time. My dreams are about to come true, it's very exciting. Hispanics are only 2.2% of the NBA, but they're 18% of, uh, of all of America. Now they were overrepresented in baseball, so we'll just, that's a wash, okay? We'll just let that be. And then, this one's a doozy, this one's tough. Black people, 74.2% of the NBA are black and 13% uh, of uh, America is black, so they got about a 61 percentage point difference there. So we've got to lower the amount of black people. In the name of equity, we're gonna have to, we'll just randomly select them, you know? It's, the, it's what we have to do. Uh, and then other is 6.3%, again, again, I don't know who other are. Now, all right, this is very exciting for a guy like me because I often, you know, I've got a basketball above me and I love playing basketball. And uh, you may know, uh, former guest and friend of mine, I believe he's the, the most appeared on guest of the Rubin Report of all time, is Dr. Gad Sad up in Canada. Uh, Gad is a professor at Concordia University. Uh, he just wrote a spectacular book, had him on uh, maybe six months ago or so, called The Parasitic Mind. He's been battling wokeism his whole life. He has an incredible life story grew up in Lebanon during the Lebanese war. His parents were kidnapped by Palestinian terrorists. He eventually moved to Canada as, as a thriving, wonderful life. And he's just a great guy. Well, Gad Sad posted this video, this short video of him playing basketball. This is a Lebanese immigrant to Canada, a brown-skinned Lebanese immigrant to Canada playing basketball. And he called me out on Twitter yesterday. Take a look. Hey, Ruben, you want some of this? You're looking for some of this action? You want some of this? All right, now when Dave Rubin, okay, when Dave Rubin gets called out on Twitter, on a basketball court, Dave Rubin does not lay there and take it. You know what Dave Rubin does? Dave Rubin does this. Challenge accepted, sad. Oh, come on now. Oh, he's hot, he's hot. Come on, come on! Oh. <laughs> flip flops, people. I was in flip flops, okay? 45 years old, 
torn ACL in the left knee, wearing flip-flops, one take right there. So the challenge is on, Gad said, you bring it. But the point is, um, I am going to send this video uh, directly to NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, uh, who's very woke, by the way. You know, he had the Black Lives Matter logo on the court last season. Uh, then they took it off this season because the ratings kept tanking and they realized that the their own base basically didn't like it. So I guess they solved racism. They took Black Lives Matter logo off. Um, but I'm gonna send that video and I demand in the name of equity to be in the NBA next season. I know that the finals are about to wrap up, but as a 46-year-old, with the torn ACL, which I just got PRP, that's when they spin your blood and they inject your plasma back into you. My knee's feeling pretty good. I have basketball shoes, so I'm not gonna get out there and play in flip-flops. This is not, you know, I'm not making a joke here, obviously, but I will be in the NBA next season and, you know, then we'll have a free and fair and just society. Ah, I feel like we should play the Looney Tunes theme song to end this show. <laughs> Guys, part one of my interview with Kevin McCarthy, uh, Senate leader for the Republicans, we did it right here in studio, is up right now on YouTube, and of course it's up ad-free and early at rubenreport.locals.com. And as I keep saying, there's a lot going on on the locals front, so I got a bit of a hectic day today, but I hope you enjoyed the show as always. I hope you smiled a little bit. People always say two things that I really like. They say, Dave, the show keeps me sane, and I laughed. And like to me, if I, if I can do that while giving you a little bit of news and a little bit of information, then I've done my job. So I hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.